Hey fam, welcome to Big Brother and the Hodling Company, a podcast about music and Web3 and trying to fend off Big Brother. I'm a Keegan Voice. And today I had the pleasure of speaking with John T. Harrison, who is a music head and a DJ uh, with an entrepreneurial spirit. He's a co-founder of the Willow Tree, which is a rave DAO that's decentralized autonomous organization, uh, which has recently pivoted into a project called Night Fund. We chatted about that transition, about the differences in building across Web 2 and Web 3, watching the pandemic destroy the music industry in real time, and about the struggles of convincing people in the electronic music world that Web 3 isn't altogether a scam. It's great to have you here, Jante. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, flattered to be uh, on this show and looking forward to diving into some of this stuff with you. Likewise, likewise. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I always like to start from the beginning and just hear a little bit more of, of your story. So if you could tell me your background, where you grew up, how you first got, and, you know, how you first got involved with music. Yeah, for sure. The journey definitely started when I was pretty young. Uh, so I started DJing when I was uh, around eight or nine years old. And uh, at that point, you know, it was very much just like a, a hobby, um, a way to kind of uh, focus my my attention on, on, on something uh, that I found really, really interesting and uh, um, incredibly stimulating. And, and me, like, digging into different styles of music you know I was mostly into electronic music at the time and that that kind of culture I was mostly focused on the on the US EDM scene when I when I first uh, got into this kind of stuff and that became like a, a the culture that I was most fascinated by and um, was following pretty uh, intently for for a good few years um, and it became my mission to be uh, a recording artist, producer, DJ, um, ended up going to a performing arts school to study music and music production. That was around when I was uh, 16, 17. Um, but after spending around two years in uh, recording studios and, and making tunes, um, I kind of realized the, the the recording studio just wasn't really the place for me. Um, I wanted to be out and about, uh, making things happen, working with people, um, and not be kind of just like holed up in a, in a, in a dark room for, for most of my life. So I, I kind of moved my attention away from uh, music production. And ever since, you know, DJing has still remained like a, 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 a really like strong passion of mine that I, 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 I get involved with as much as I can. And it, it also helps me bring in a bit of extra cash now and then. Um, but at that point I decided that the business side of the music industry was, was, was where I wanted to focus my time. So at that point I, uh, uh I took a year out, uh, after graduating high school and, uh, I went straight into to work. So I worked for, uh, a couple of record labels, management companies around London. Uh, I spent some time in Bristol working for a music PR company. Um, and funny enough, this was actually uh, the time where I met my my current um, like project lead, who I'll tell you about in a bit. Um, so yeah, got got really involved with uh, like the business side uh, and managed to get a scholarship out to a university called Northeastern, which is out in Boston in the States. Um, and that was really like 
the beginning of the the main kind of chapter of of my my music industry career or, or my 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 passion path um and that once i made it out there the first thing i did was uh started throwing parties um and these were these kind of started off in in uh in some of my friends apartments and then we grew it out of there we grew like a really strong core community of people that um you know regularly attended those apartment parties those parties, uh, I actually have to give credit to a lot of my friends. They were they were going before I arrived, um, but when I uh, rocked up to um, rocked up to them after a couple of years of them organizing those parties, I was like, okay, we need to uh, take this. We need to find bigger spaces. We need to you know turn this into something that's you know that really like elevates the experience. We want to bring DJs in from other countries, and and that's where I kind of started. To cut my teeth on like uh the event side and since then that's really been my 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 main focus so um that was just kind of running uh some student parties out there um we clocked up a decent number of sales and got some interesting interesting bookings from like around europe and south america and uh then i was moving my way into the agency world because i knew that was like the sort of prestigious end of the events uh, industry and uh, managed to get an internship at uh, WME um, and uh, this was out of their, their headquarters in LA so I was really lucky to get this this placement um, it, was, it was everything I could have dreamed of um, and then I landed and within three weeks COVID hit uh, so all of the kind of work I'd been doing to, to like build up to this this sort of career path was then completely tanked and I was I was actually it was it was a pretty amazing experience. I was there like at ground zero while like you, if you imagine like being at Wall Street when the global financial crisis hit in two thousand eight, that's what it was like in uh, in a music agency uh, when COVID hit. Um, I was I was literally uh, counting up um, how much money they were losing from all the festival cancellations. That was my job for the next three weeks, which is wild. Uh, but then obviously had to, had to, I was obviously like one of the first people to be let go. Um, so at that point went straight into, I had to move back, back to the UK and then went straight into a web two startup that I set up with a few friends from university. Um, we were focusing on building a membership platform for musicians to help monetize their fandom, kind of like a, a Patreon, but more focused around musicians. Uh, we worked on this for about a year and a half. It was an amazing experience. Uh, we raised a bit of money. We worked some, with some incredible artists who are now signed to some of the majors. Uh, but we just couldn't get the, 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 the model to, to scale. Um, it, was, it was too much effort on the, on the artist side. And artists are already very busy people. So uh, we kind of learned that the, the hard way. Um, but it was a great experience. And this was sort of like near the end of that process was when music NFTs blew up, like blew up. It was everything. It was everything in like the music tech space. Everyone was talking about it. And so we kind of did a bit of research into that side of the music industry. And we were interested in it, but we weren't we weren't going to dive into it until um, the Web two startup startup kind of uh, fizzled out. 
And so when it finally fizzled out, uh, I had been contributing to a number of DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations, which are, if anyone that doesn't know, it's a, it's a, a community with a, a common goal and a shared bank account. That's, that's sort of like a simple, simple definition. Nice. Well put. I was, uh, I was, I was contributing to, uh, Float DAO. Um, seed club, uh, protein DAO, uh, these are all kind of like part of the seed club, um, cohorts, uh, which are kind of like the leaders in, 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 in DAO culture, I guess you could say. Uh, so I was doing a bit of design work, not really contributing a huge amount of my time, but a bit here and there and kind of learning the ropes and seeing what was possible. And obviously you had friends with benefits on the other side that was, you know, raising huge amounts of uh amounts of capital um through their their community token um and i was just like just in awe of what was possible with these 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 new ideas and these models um and that drove me towards starting up a DAO of my own um which was called the uh the willow tree and the, the mission of the willow tree was to um collectively own and operate a global network of music venues um my main focus was around like dance music and underground club culture but the idea was that this this model could scale out beyond that and uh i worked on this this started around it's around this time last year actually um and it, it grew very organically um it, it we brought in sort of like four four five hundred members within the first couple months um, and really the, we didn't really have a very like clear cut, um, goal or objective with this. We were, we had our kind of like North star, our long-term vision, but I didn't do a great job of, uh, of, of, of sort of like laying out a really like clear cut, um, roadmap for the future of this, this, uh, the, of how we were going to achieve that mission. Um, and that was one of the biggest like shortfalls um of this this project um but everyone was really excited by it and so we knew that there was something there you know we we worked on a couple of different projects like we organized some events we did some nft drops some of them worked some of them completely flopped uh and so after about six months of uh working on this we we being the kind of like core inner circle of people who were like really engaged with what the willow tree was about we kind of realized that we need to go back to the drawing board, figure out a new way to, to work this model um, the, the, the hat that people were excited by, but wasn't was, was, the, the, the real lesson was that people weren't ready to commit um, all the hours that we required from people to be able to make this mission uh, a reality. Uh, so we needed a model that, um, still involved all the different parties. So involved like uh, agents, DJs, promoters, venue managers, and of course, punters. Um, it rewarded them in some way for their engagement, but it didn't require as much engagement as we initially uh, need with the Willow Tree. So we came up with um, a project a project called Night Fund. Uh, and the original description for Night Fund was there was a, a community-driven rave accelerator. Um, and what this meant was that we would crowdfund um, using membership NFTs to put together a, a treasury that would then be used for grants 
we would uh, invite uh, musicians, labels, collectives, anyone really, uh, to submit uh, applications, proposals for an event concept. As a community, those who were members could vote on which projects we wanted to support. And then the projects that we selected received grants from our treasury and other types of support. And then any events that we supported, um, we'd reserve uh, a small number of tickets for, for our members. And this is uh, the, 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 the kind of the, the short form description of, of what Night Fund is. And so I've been working on Night Fund with my uh, project uh, co-lead called uh, Tor. Um, and Tor is kind of mainly on the event side. I'm more on the uh, community lead side. Um, and we've been working on this for about six months. Uh, we've got uh, an awesome kind of like uh, advisory board put together. We've got some artist ambassadors kind of waiting in the wings to apply and receive some of our first grants. And uh, yeah, we've, we've got some exciting things in store that I'm definitely down to to, to talk more about. I'm sure you want to, you've got some more, quite more like detailed uh, questions around around what we're up to, but yeah, I feel like that's a that's a good good way to kind of get you to where where I'm at now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you for diving in. Um, yeah, I'm curious, taking a step back, you know, just a little bit, you know, kind of at this, you know, at this inflection point where you were still running the Web two startup, and you know, it wasn't exactly didn't go exactly how how you hoped, um, but. But we're starting to see this, you know, some, you know, some of these Web three mechanisms emerge, like, like the non fungible token NFTs. Was that like were the NFTs themselves, you know, the hype that you were seeing? Like, what, what was kind of your your aha moment in Web three when you knew that you know that your startup probably wasn't going, you know, to go, you know, to go all the way? What were you seeing in Web three exactly that was like, all right, let's, you know, for our next project, for the next thing I want to do. I want it to be in this. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think what I was doing in Web2 uh, is actually quite different from what I'm now doing in Web3. Um, what, I was, what I was doing in Web2, although it was still kind of in the music industry, we were trying to create uh, a tech platform, uh, like a mobile app or an, 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 a browser-based app that, allowed artists as in and in theory any creator to uh, monetize their their fandom and uh, you know in a similar way the the, the patreon um, was doing pretty successfully um, and I think we saw we saw what nfts were doing with helping with, with helping artists like monetize their fandom and you know that that definitely intrigued us Um and we were paying attention to that, but that wasn't really the aha moment. But having said that, you know the the attention that um, you know NFTs brought to Web three in general was definitely a, you know a big driver for the the like the ultimate kind of aha moment for me, which is more focused around DAOs. So I I definitely kind of moved away from like the sort of web two platform slash marketplace culture, um, you know, the more kind of like not not SaaS, but the more kind of like startup y culture um platform vibes and much more focused now 
on on what you could call like community driven you could call them community driven startups um and it's, it's really like i was my main aha moment was just kind of seeing i think i think friends with benefits um which was who were who like a, like this kind of leading social and culture DAO. They were operating in in such an exciting way where they could um, very quickly raise you know millions and millions of uh, of dollars in in, in crypto, um, and then very quickly. Uh, scale out their operations to uh, execute various projects or like they could either be like uh, kind of outward focusing projects like media or content or they could be inward focusing projects like events for their members and they could do this you know within within weeks Um, and you know another example of uh, you know maybe a, a project that was you know, it was focused around purely funding, and there were some, there were definitely some shortfalls with this this project. But the Constitution DAO, you know, raised something like forty two mil um, in a matter of weeks. Um, they obviously did very well on the on the on the financial side, and then you've also got something like Seed Club, which is um, you know incredibly well organized. Um, they are kind of like a uh, they're they're a community driven accelerator. Um, and they, they, they support, uh, DAO projects from their like inception to launch. Um, so, uh, a lot of the kind of like leading social and culture DAOs today were born out of, uh, Seed Club. And the cool thing about Seed Club is that it's also a DAO itself. So it kind of like, it, it, it crowdsources, um ideas experience uh tech know-how um tokenomics all this kind of stuff it crowdsources it from their members and then funnels that 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 knowledge um into new projects and they have a really awesome like a uh, token share agreement where they like share tokens as if you if you're an acceler- standard accelerator you know you might invest and take equity they have a Seed Club has a, a token exchange agreement, and I think seeing all of these projects and the way that they, the way that they operated, how they could scale so quickly, um, that that grabbed my attention. And then after having my attention grabbed, I was then thinking about okay, what is what are the things that I'm most most passionate about. Um, and, uh, you know, my, my, my dream has always been to, uh, run my own music venue. Um, and this was originally going to be something that, you know, I thought about for later down the line in my, in my career, um, you know, something that I would do in my, my, you know, mid, late thirties, early forties. Um, and I kind of saw how, okay, people are operating, in this, um, you know, really interesting, like horizontally organized, um, uh, operating in this way. And I saw kind of similarities to how, uh, like rave culture organizations, uh, were operating or supposedly did operate back in the day. Um, very community driven, very much like people crowdsourcing different elements of, you know, the party, 
whether that's the sound system or the lighting or the music. Um, and I think that was like a big aha moment, seeing the similarities between, uh, you know, those two, um, those two hubs of, of culture and thinking, right, like there's, 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 there's too much synergy here. Like I have to just start a project that combines the two, uh, cause it makes so much sense. Um, and that's really where like the, the begin that's where the, the beginning of uh, the willow tree came from and and that's kind of like the the beginning of um, my journey towards night fund which is now my main focus cool um, no that makes sense I'm curious I mean how far did you get into you know into the willow tree in terms of in terms of establishing you know things things like the governance structure and uh, you know any of the tokenomics that that you were thinking about how much did that how much of that did you put together before you realized that, um, you know, there's a lot to be done and it's a huge, a huge collective lift and maybe it's not yet the right moment and you, you know, kind of narrowed the scope a little bit. How far did you get in that process? Yeah, for sure. It's a good question. Um, we have a really interesting, or we had a really interesting approach to, um, to things like governance and tokenomics because, we were, we were, we were, I mean, I wouldn't say forced, but in my opinion, it was really important that we created a system that allowed uh, non-Web3 natives to engage with, engage with, engage with it. Um, so, you know, like if you, if you think about, you know, something like a, a developer DAO, um, I know that's actually a specific name, but for a DAO, but all the other kind of de- developer DAOs, or the uh, investment DAOs, um, you know, they're dealing with uh, members who have uh, who are very familiar with, you know, even the basics like setting up a wallet um, and uh, and and um, purchasing tokens or, or, or claiming tokens, and you know, engaging with with uh, complex uh, governance structures. We were dealing with a uh, a market, or at least we wanted to deal with a market who had absolutely no experience with those those uh, those tools and those models. So, um, although there were some kind of like music industry DAOs or like music focused DAOs out there that you know did have members who were used to working with Web three, it was really important to us that we we. Like we lowered the barriers to entry. So, um, in answer to your question, we came up with a, a very, uh, a very loose um, and kind of like bootstrap system. But it worked for it worked for a while. Um, we had a we had a literally a, a spreadsheet and a scoring system. Um, so, in the same way where you create bounties and you set a certain number of tokens as the reward for each bounty. We literally just had points, um, and uh, we called them bumps, uh, like fist bumps. Um, and uh, we, uh, we at the end of each week, I would look over all the bounties that had been um, completed for that past week and add them to uh, the names on on a spreadsheet. And I'd make this spreadsheet like publicly available, but not publicly editable, um, so people could like go in, check in, they could dispute anything, you know, if they. If they thought, you know, we, we never had any issues with this. Like people, people would never, people never complained or, or, or disputed any, any like rewards they, they were given. 
Um, so that was our kind of like our, uh, and the idea was that once we launched our token, uh, once kind of like we were at a place where the token would be in significant demand, um, and we were at a place where the community were more well versed with Web3 and having a wallet set up and all this kind of stuff. At that point, we would then use a multiplier to convert their points into a token allocation um, when we first gave out like the initial token allocation for the community. So if you had contributed more and you had more points, you received more tokens. Um, and uh, this, this, this definitely worked. Um, I think it, 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 were, it was a great way to engage people. But um, I think the, one of the issues was that we, we needed that, that like initial growth to, uh, or that initial engagement to, to grow and scale. And we were finding it really hard to find new members who were willing to, to do the same. Um, because, I mean, you know, some people might disagree, but I, I think that we were just like really, really early. Um, and, you know, I speak, we, because we're still working on Night Fund, I talked to a lot of people in, uh, I mean, I, I only talk to people in the nightlife industry. Um, <laughs> and there are, you know, half the conversations I have are still very, very anti, anti Web3. Um, so we're not just dealing with, uh, you know, a, a, a community who um, aren't familiar with Web3, but are actually like against using or even touching Web3. Um, so that was, but that was a great lesson to learn. You know, that was, that was, that was part of the, the process. And that's what has brought us to where we are with Night Fund. And now we feel like in a really, really strong position. In terms of governance, I guess that kind of answers the tokenomics question, but in terms of governance, um, we, we were again very, very kind of loosely formed. Uh, the idea was that if someone wanted to start up a project, um, kind of like un- under the willow tree, um, they uh, could could propose the project like any DAO, um, submit an informal proposal. We did have a proposal template um, that was used every now and then, and people would submit ideas, and then we kind of like find other people in the community that were interested in this idea. So I'll give you an example, like someone wanted to build uh, a, an installation, um, like a, a physical installation that we could use at events and, and festivals. Um, and so they proposed this idea. We built a team of people that were interested in this idea around that person. And then we would use some of the crowdfunded, um, uh, we'd use some of the crowdfunded treasury uh, to to kind of like, like to, I guess, invest in some of the materials for, for that um, for that installation, um, but again, yeah, very very loosely formed. Like you know, I I I, I was I was operating as the community lead, um, but if people showed you know uh, a, 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 like a, a noticeable level of uh, engagement and interest and, and capability in, in an idea that they had, then you know they could they could they could rise to the top. And then in terms of um, the voting system, uh, very informal. Uh, it was, it was kind of like, I guess, a, a very lazy majority. Um, it would be, you know, posted in, in the discord and people could, or we literally had voting based on, um, 
because we didn't have a token at the time, we we just had voting based on, uh, I think we just had on Emoji Reacts, and then we had like a channel that people could express their their views and ask questions. And actually, it was it was really cool when we did that. Um, you know, like people really did, um, you know, kind of like get in deep with, you know, okay, how's this going to work? Is that really worth the money? You know, is there a way you can cut costs and all this kind of stuff? And so it worked for us. Um, it did work for us, but I think, Overall, we just we just needed something that was a little light touch, um, and uh, thankfully uh, we've definitely we've definitely been able to develop that with 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 Nightfront. Cool. Was there a? I mean, was there a specific point? Like, was there a tipping point at which point at, at which you said, um, you know, this just this isn't going to happen right now, um, or was it just a slow, gradual process? Because I know. You know, having been in that position, how you know how difficult it is to actually turn something off, and you know you're kind of guided by hope at a certain point. But was there a tipping point? Was there an instance, or was it just a slow realization that crept in? It was, it was, it was gradual, but um, it didn't take too long. Um, I think. Uh, well, I mean, I would say the I was I was hustling really hard to continue delivering uh the kind of like community content and the community engagement um and the community projects um and despite all that work that i was putting in at the time i actually didn't have like uh any any other any other like work responsibilities at the time i was couch surfing around london and so thankfully uh, thanks to my, my, my friends, um, you know, I was able to focus like, you know, 50, 60 hours a week on, on, on the Willow Tree, if not more. Um, and so I was, I was putting everything into it. I was very present. Um, and there was a lot going on, but despite all that, after a few months from kind of like, um, March, February, March. Um, you know, we were organizing events uh, in London, and we we were just struggling to to keep the engagement levels up, even though we were, you know, even though we were like following what we thought the feedback wanted, which was like in person meetups and um, you know the conversations, like Twitter Spaces. We did weekly Twitter Spaces. Um, I think the you know, maybe it's because we lacked like a clear direction. Um, you know, that that it didn't feel like there was okay. Once we complete this, then we're going to complete that, and then we're going to complete that. There wasn't so much of that. It was more just like let's just like you know experiment with a few different ideas, see what sticks, and then continue with what sticks and develop what sticks. Um, and you know, there's I don't think there was anything wrong with that because in a way, like knife, like the willow tree. Knife Hunt can only can only exist um, off the back of our experiments with with the willow tree. Um, so uh, I don't think it was such a bad thing at the time, but there needed to be there needs to be a, a, a clear cut kind of like step by step, and we've now been able to develop that. Um, in terms of like, yeah, I think it, I think it was uh, you know over the course of maybe like two months. Um, when we were, when I was like giving it my all and a few other people were really, really like putting in the hours and, and we were just, we were just gradually losing engagement. Um, and 
Um, we couldn't figure out why, and we just felt that it would be it would be a smart decision to create something that people could be excited about and also engage with for an extended period of time and not feel burnt out. I think that was I think the burnout thing was like was definitely a factor. It was a factor for the members. It was a factor for um, the team leads. Um, and you know, maybe, maybe we were maybe we were over delivering. Maybe we were maybe we were trying to throw too much at the wall. Um, and maybe we kind of like overwhelmed our members with with stuff to engage with. That could very well have been it. Um, but yeah, it it, it kind of happened over like a two month period. And after that, we were like, okay, you know, this is still this is still well worth our time in in seeing. How we can, how we can, how we can develop this into something that is uh, is going to be more sustainable, um, especially when it comes to to burnout. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, that's a huge issue, and I think it speaks to you know something you were talking about earlier when thinking about you know like like developer DAOs or investment DAOs, people who are are working you know primarily with DeFi, you know, like when they touch the Web three and crypto space, and it, it makes sense for that adoption to be strong because you know it's people who are already spending a lot of time on computers <laughs> and once you start getting into things like music especially like chronic music where like you know it's a very in-person um you know it's a very in-person community uh it, it's it's a lot even if someone believes in the mission and believes in what you're building it's you know it's a lot of time that goes into being being in front of a screen trying to build something um i mean i commend you one you know for doing it for for being able to build as much traction as you did so what are you doing differently with uh with night fund yeah so um it's it's yeah it's, it's good that you mentioned a few of those things just just there about how you know like music and nightlife in particular is is more focused around IRL interaction um, so I guess uh, you know you, you've got you've got a, you've got a good idea for you know how the model works um, there's a couple things that we're like focused on at the moment um, one is finding the best route to fundraising there's probably three different strategies um, one is crowdfunding and by crowdfunding, I kind of mean like uh, lots of people chipping in, you know, like 50, 50 100 quid, um, pounds or dollars. Um, and then, you know, you've got maybe like the the private uh, investor route, which would be more kind of in the, in the thousands. Um, and then you also might have uh, a brand sponsorship route um, where it uh, would also be ideally, you know, in the thousands, tens of thousands. Um, but they wouldn't be looking for like equity. They'd be more focused around exposure um, for their for their brand, whether that's online or uh, in IRL and the uh, the events. Um, so that's one thing we're focusing on right now. Um, I think we yeah like with the Willow Tree, we we learned that you know the the crowdfunding is definitely something that can work and it might it might not sound a lot uh, but at the time we were we were pretty pretty happy about it we we raised about three and a half k um from from a little crowdfund that we did from some membership entities back in january uh, with the willow tree and uh so we know we we knew from that that you know there were people out there that cared about the mission and 
and uh, wanted to see it succeed and um, we're down to put some money in and believed in us and believed in the kind of like core team and all this kind of stuff. And I think we're we're a hell of a lot stronger now than um, where we were back in January. Like we, with everything is so clean cut and, you know, we've got some real, real um, impressive names like backing us, like in our corner. Um, so that could be an option. Um, but I think the, the that, that that crowdfund option is 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 best used once you've reached a critical kind of I mean normally you use like the term critical mass, but like maybe this is like like kind of like a critical attention um where you've got like or critical engagement um where you've got you know people trying to get into the community, um people trying to be associated with the community. Um, and maybe like you have some kind of barrier that, that allows you to, to monetize that, um, that, that, that engagement. And I think, you know, it could be, you know, if we were to crowdfund now, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll raise 10 grand if we, you know, that would be, I'd be pretty happy with doing that. But I, you know, I don't think that's, that's, an, I don't think that, that, that's necessarily, you know, I'd like to have more in the bank before we, before we kind of like announce ourselves to, or make like make a big splash um, and announce ourselves to the world. Um, so that's kind of something like I'd like to pull the crowdfunding option a bit later down the line when we are like more developed. We've got more proof, proof of concept under our belt. We've got more people like trying to be a part of it, get involved with it. Um, and then, so we're probably going to focus on you know a bit of friends and family uh, fundraise, um, some private investors. And hopefully get us around the sort of like 30, 40, 50k mark. Um, and that will be our sort of like foundation to uh, launch the uh, first season. Um, so operating in seasons. Um, so uh, each season will be kind of like eight, ten events. We're not locked in. It's based on, you know, we might have a treasury of like 30, uh, 40k. Um, each grant on average might be 5k so 8 events but we're not locking ourselves into any specific number um, each season would be around about uh, 4 months because uh, the way that we're we're going to we're going to operate is uh, put like a few proposals to a vote every 2 weeks um, so we'll have a vote every 2 weeks um, and that means that we'll um, have an event roughly every two weeks as well, which kind of spreads things out quite nicely um, and keeps people like engaged, but not too engaged. Um, so kind of like tying back into like you know how like before with the Willow Tree it was like every day. Now like Night Fund, it's it's once every two weeks, and it's kind of like this big community. Uh, well, not that big, but you know this this kind of like exciting community moment that people can share every two weeks. Um, and similarly with the events as well as the votes. Um, so yeah, fundraising is, is one main focus. And then another focus is community building. Um, and there's, well, there's so much that I can, uh, I can like offload <laughs> onto you, uh, as a result, like all the kind of learnings that we, we picked up from, from the willow tree, but I will try and, I'll try and focus on like key things. Um, so, um, you know, one thing that, that was amazing at first, but really like didn't help us in the long run was uh, Discord. Um, and you know, it's 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 such a great tool, and everyone talks about it as you know a, a good thing and a bad thing, and the, the 
the good bits and bad bits. Um, but uh, yeah, so we we kind of realized that, especially the people that we really wanted part of our community, the people that are like on the ground, like getting their hands dirty, organizing events, you know, the promoters and the venue managers, um, you know, they, they, they are not Discord users um, and they are not people that sit at laptops. Um, you know, Discord is great on a laptop but you know it was built for gamers it was you know it works great for developers and, and these kind of DAOs um it doesn't work for people that are on their feet all the time and uh you know like like they, they do business uh IRL um and so one kind of main thing that we're focusing on is having like two tier uh, like two tiers for community engagement. Um, so one being WhatsApp group. Uh, so we'll start out with a WhatsApp group. Um, so we will like grow our community and cultivate our community within a, a, a private uh, WhatsApp group uh, to start with. And then we will gradually kind of build in the, a Discord, layering a Discord on top of that that is there for, um, you know, like, like more in-depth discussion and, and brainstorming around you know, night fund, night life, different ideas, um, the voting, whereas uh, WhatsApp will be much lighter touch. You know, people won't be bombarded by, not by notifications. It'll be the key information, like the votes and the results of the votes and, you know, maybe a few other bits and bobs. Um, so that's one side of it. And then the other side of it is the membership, uh, which I'm really really excited about um because we we search far and wide for uh some 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 kind of like token based uh tool that allowed us to run a really seamless um on-ramp into our night fund membership we wanted our membership to be um token based uh like nft based um but we wanted it to that that, that like we wanted like everything that usually gets in the way of someone engaging with an NFT to no longer be an issue. Um, and there was a few kind of different ideas that we came up with and a few tools that we were looking at, but nothing was really working that great. And everything had its like big shortfalls and like obstacles. And if you know if you use that tool, then you had to bolt on something else. Anyway, so. Someone, one of our advisors, shout out Rory a bit wax. Um, definitely worth getting him on the podcast at yeah, some point. Noted. Um, he uh, sent us um, uh, a platform called Highlight.xyz, and uh, they have built out uh, an amazing tool that uh, basically allows you to run an NFT based membership um, using email and password. Now, for all the Web3 purists, they're probably out there like you know like like spinning <laughs> their screen right now because it's not it's not purely it's not like true decentralized um tech but for us you know it's the the, the decentralized like the the goal of being decentralized isn't about being um uh you know anonymous or free from like external like powers and, and like like fully like network based the, the goal for us with decentralized is more about like how we operate as a community, how we kind of like work together and, and, and build towards a common goal. Um, and if we have lower barriers to entry for that, it means we can bring in people that, like I said, are 
the you know boots on the ground, getting their hands dirty, and they are people that log into everything using an email password and they've never touched a wallet and don't want to touch a wallet. Um, so we're going to use Highlight to launch our, our membership. There will be a free membership at first, but it'll be invite only because we're we're really keen. You know, one of the things that we we got wrong with um, with the Willow Tree was having our having our membership like completely open to anyone. Um, and you know, if you look at all the really successful projects out there, they might start off free. Um, you know, there, there might not be a, a monetary barrier, but it, they will definitely have a some form of application, even on a basic level. Like you know, just thinking about like a reference point, like like Keepash, um, which is uh, a really, uh, really, really uh, strong community-driven events company, like an events brand in London. Uh, they have like a, a like a really simple like email um, based like membership application uh, that just creates that extra barrier uh, to make people feel like you know they're kind of like committing to something. It's sort of like it's like a I, I don't know if there's any like real psychology behind it. Maybe there is, but um, it's like a pledge, you know, a pledge to 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 you know when I. When I sign up to this thing, uh, that means that I'm gonna make a little bit of extra effort to make that thing uh, succeed and make that thing better than what it was before I joined. Um, and so that for us is you know another really important thing that we're we're trying to work on. So we will have this uh, free invite only membership. It will be NFT based. But you'll you'll be able to come. You'll literally be able to claim it with an email and password so we'll send out links to unique links to people who to join and they'll literally be able to claim their nft using an email address um so super slick and it's also integrated with discord so uh people can automatically uh like um you know log into discord on highlight and they will be assigned the right roles so they can then go to discord you know super seamless they have the right roles which means they can get access granted to the to the the membership uh, the member only channels that sort of thing and they also have um free nft minting uh that is like member like membership nft gated so you know if you imagine like a token gated uh token gated anything uh token gated website token gated piece of content these guys have uh token gated nfts and what we can do is when we start giving out our free tickets um, to our members, we can uh, give out these tickets as free NFTs that are um, member only. Um, and we'll have like a you know, really concise just guest list of uh, who's going to that event uh, from our community. So those are kind of like a few of the main things that, that we have learned and adapted from from our from our um, from like the wheel tree and, and adapted for night fun. Another thing that's worth mentioning is is the IRL focus. Um, we are in conjunction with like the cultivation of uh, the WhatsApp group. We're uh, launching um, kind of like a weekly fortnightly uh, IRL meetup in London because the community will be very much London focus. Um, and so this will have this kind of like regular kind of human to human contact it will be more casual as a meetup 
And then if there's like a, if people that rock up to the meetup show a certain level of interest in night funds, then they'll be invited to the uh, the WhatsApp groups. You kind of like even see like there's even like a third layer of, of community like developing there where you've you know you, you've got people that have never like people just get invited by their friends. Um, they I mean it's mostly going to be industry people, but you know they'll they'll turn up, they'll have conversations, and then if it feels right for them and for us, then they'll become part of the next layer of my fund. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, for anyone out there that's thinking about doing some kind of like IRL social culture focused DAO, um, I definitely recommend, uh, thinking about applying some of those ideas to, uh, to your own thing. Cool. That's amazing. I mean, I love how, you know, it seems like you've taken the lessons learned from the willow tree and applied them really nicely in a customized way that fits your community um you know you were talking about decentralization earlier and and you know people kind of talk about decentralization at times as as it's as sort of the end all be all and it's one thing it's got one definition but 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 really it's a spectrum and 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 you have to apply it in a way where it's actually going to work for your community otherwise otherwise what's the point um and you know in that same vein, the you know the connecting the people IRL, you know and the IRL URL thing, um, you know from online to the real world, like that's you know that's such a huge bridge to cross and something that I think a lot of people in web in Web three are struggling to do well, um, you know because it you know there there is you know this this kind of macro realization of the importance of meeting people in the real world, which I guess shouldn't be a surprise, but maybe. You know, coming off the back of of a two year pandemic. Yeah, I mean, um, just just quickly jumping in there. Yeah, like we've 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 learned the 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 difference in relationships that we've developed. So we being you know, Tor and myself, who work very closely and regularly on on Nine Fund, of course. Um, you know, the different when we look at we 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 took a long time to look back at the relationships that we developed through Willow Tree. And, you know, how we met them, how much they engage with the project, where our relationship kind of lies now, like whether or not we see them, whether or not we speak to them, whether or not they even, like, you know, uh, send a message on the willow tree or or anything. Um, You know, we realized that meeting someone in person made a huge difference. I mean, it sounds obvious, but, like, if you want to start, uh, like, a... A, a DAO, um, and you want it to be, you know, filled with some people that like are really attached to, to to what you're doing. Of course, there are, you know, there's a there's a, a space for DAOs that are online focused and in some ways anonymous because people want to have that layer of of anonymity. Um, but I think you know, for for us, like we saw how if we can meet people in person first and like interact with them in real life, um, build that relationship that way, and then also focus on building a relationship with them on WhatsApp, uh, uh, you know, an online platform that they're really comfortable with, the the results are going to be drastically different. Um, and, you know, again, it's like you could have, you know, with the Willow Tree, we had 400 members, right? But 
we only really had the power of, you know, maybe like 10 people. Um, with NyFund, you know, we're going to have, um, you know, with NyFund right now, like even just at this early like pre-launch sort of stealth stage, we have, you know, we have 10 people and we have the power of 10 people. Um, and it's just so much easier to manage and, and you don't have to be like churning out loads of content or anything like that. So imagine where we'll be in, you know, in when we've got 50 people, we'll hopefully have the power of like 40 people. So it, that, that, that's definitely something to, to For keep sure. in mind. Um, no, that's really exciting. I, th- you know, I think it's a good, um, I think it's a good observation. Um, so um, I only have one more question and I'm curious. Let's say, you know, obviously the fundraise is a hurdle. It's an obstacle for anyone starting anything really is, is unfortunately money. Um, but say resources aren't, aren't an issue. What, what is your dream rave? What, what is your dream party that you would love to be able to throw for night fun? You can get anybody from anywhere, any DJ, you can use any venue, do whatever you want. It's a good question. Um, uh, there's, 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 there's kind of like two parts to the answer. One is that like night fund exists and, and this is how, you know, we dream of, this is like our, our dream existence of night fund. Night fund exists to provide, um, event creators with the financial and creative freedom to, um, Put on events that would otherwise be too risky, um, either for them as an individual or just in general because of like the economic circumstances. Um, and I think that we want these events to like obviously drive the the like drive the evolution of of club culture. These events are supposed to be like really ambitious they're supposed to change the game of uh of nightlife you know break the rules um do things totally differently from every aspect not just you know curation not just uh things like lighting and design but even stuff down to you know accessibility requirements um and uh and other ideas around like um set times um locations uh what else are we thinking about i think those are those are some of like the main the main factors or aspects that we want to play around we want people to play around with um so that's like the dream that's that's kind of the mission with night fund and then i think if there was a an ultimate dream of we had all resources um available to us it would be less about putting on a specific event and more about creating an entity that has um, the the like that sort of stems the tide of um, the current kind of like cost pressures that are playing on uh, event promoters and venues in particular. Um, and you know, if we can get to a point where we can rally the dance music community around supporting the culture, like if we could be 
um, you know, as impactful, if not more impactful, or as effective, if not more effective than something like Arts Council. But our like impact is is driven and steered by the communities who actually are at the core of of this culture. Um, that's that's the dream. Um, it's not about um, some. Uh, yeah, it's not about as like a specific like amazing experience. Although that is like what we want to to facilitate. Um, the ultimate dream is is the kind of impact that we can have on this space. And I think another cool kind of example that we like to we're sort of inspired by is uh, something like the 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 Save Fabric campaign that happened back in. I think it was 2017, um, you know, the whole world rallied behind this this uh, cultural entity. And I think if we can create uh, an organisation that, um, you know, maintains that level of support and uh, engagement from, like, the global dance community community, um, that, would, that would be, that would be, yeah, that would be, we'd be very, very pleased with um, that sort of result. And that's what we're, that's what we're shooting for. Cool, cool. I love that dream. Um, yeah, cool, Jante. Well, that's that's all I've got. I think that's a good spot to end. We'll leave it with the dream. Um, but uh, sure, yeah, thanks. Yeah. You know, for the time coming on. You know, wish wish you only the best as as you push an iPhone forward. Really excited to you know to see what starts happening and where you go from here. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time for to be uh, interested in what we're up to. And um, yeah, looking forward to kind of keeping you in the loop. And yeah, for anyone that's interested, um, you can hit us up at uh, we're on our website is nightfund.org. Um, our socials are at nightfund underscore. Um, so yeah, we're you know if you're interested in these kind of things or you have any questions around. Um, some of the stuff I've been I've been talking about, then please, uh, my inbox is, is very much open and love to to help or find some other people that can like share the 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 interests and, and ideas that, that we have. But yeah, thank you so much again, and look forward to yeah um, the next few the next few yeah man months. me too. Um, all right, yeah, best of luck and uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. All right, that's it for this episode of Big Brother and the Hodling Company. I'm your host, McKeegan Voice, and you can keep up with me and all the latest Web3 music trends on Twitter at McKeegan. That's M-A-C-E-A-G-O-N. This show is a production of Decentral Media, and you can visit us at decentral.io. And remember, only you can prevent and fend off Big Brother. <laughs>